The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket and listen to the hail fall down. Uh, We're currently getting some hail where we live at as we record the introduction. We've already recorded the other bits of the show because I wasn't sure how long the show was going to be today. But take that pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some pixie dust around, grab that happiest thought, and let's get the hail to Neverland. (laughs) Ha ha! Hail! Hail, hail? Okay, she's not liking the joke. She never likes my jokes, but she's here with me. Hello, Wendy Nerd. Hi. Also known as Heather, my wife. Yep. Uh, basically this entire show, I had some news set aside, but I didn't know how long it was going to take for us to review two movies, count them, two Disney movies that have come out in the last couple weeks. So we're basically just going to review a couple of movies and discuss one. Now, if you didn't see Avengers Endgame, this is going to be a short episode for you because we will tell you when we're going to get into spoiler territory and we will pause five seconds for you to move on unless you want to be spoiled. But before that, we're going to talk about Disney Nature Penguins, which we saw it on IMAX. Yep. It was great. It was big, giant, two-foot-tall penguins. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big, big, giant screen and really cool 3D sound. And, I mean, wow, because they had the sound quality was so good because I I don't know if you all have been to an IMAX, 
But wow, there was penguin sounds behind us as we're sitting amongst the colony of penguins, and it was really cool. So yes, IMAX, <laughs> IMAX, Aww. IMAX penguins. So yes, so we went to go. So we're gonna review for you Disney Nature's penguins before we jump into Marvel's Avengers Endgame. And we'll talk about both at length, and if you've seen the movie, when we get into spoilers, we're going to talk at length about some of the things of what we liked, what we didn't like. So It's, it's hard to do a spoiler-free review. It is really hard, but we, I think we managed. We did a very, very good job of being spoiler-free before we go into spoilers, but we will warn you when the spoilers are coming so you can, you know, pause it, come back next week or whatever, uh, come back and listen to it after you go see the movie, because I know you're going to go see it. I mean, really, if you're listening to this show, you're interested in seeing that movie as well. So after you go see the movie, then come back and listen to the rest of the show when we talk spoiler. And tell us if, what you think about what we say. Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Send an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. You can interact with us on Facebook. We have a group. We have a fan page. You can go and join us. You're not liking all the sound of that hail, are you? Uh, not really, but well, it's okay. Uh, into each one's life, a little hail must fall. So, yeah. Well, because we did watch a rather apocalyptic movie, so now the apocalypse is happening right here in Neverland as we're getting hailed on. Well, this, this is not apocalyptic. This is normal for around here. Well, this here. is normal. But, but the boy, Endgame was pretty apocalyptic. Yeah. But uh, before we talk about apocalyptic Marvel movies, penguins, yay. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody. And me. Oh, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of a chicken. Oh, good. Antarctica. Home to the deadly leopard seal. The mighty killer whale. A gentleman who stands out from the crowd. He's looking for love. He likes long walks on the beach. Fishing. And collecting rocks. Lucky for him, he's found his match. But when his other half leaves him alone with the kids, he discovers that being a father is more than he bargained for. Next Earth Day, Disney Nature invites you to join an extraordinary couple fighting to raise a family in one of the most unforgiving and stunning places on Earth. Disney Nature's Penguins, Earth Day 2019. So we meant to review this movie last weekend, but we, due to computer problems, we weren't able to really record anything because it's been now over a week or a little over. Well, yeah, something a little, a couple days over a week since Disney Nature Penguins came out, and this is actually I think the first Disney Nature film I sat and watched all of. 
Yeah, I think that's we haven't seen. We've yeah. seen bits and pieces of stuff. Yeah, I meant but to watch not Bears. an entire one. Yeah. There, you know, we we've intended to, but Disney nature films are different from your typical documentary, and that, and you do love, love watching Planet Earth, but Planet Earth is facts and facts and only facts. Disney nature is we're going to teach you some stuff, but we're going to have some fun and tell you a cute story that's not completely true, but you'll learn some truth stuff it's with ed- it. It's edutainment. Edutainment. So you get the story of Steve the Adeli 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 penguin, mm-hmm. and. Steve is played by multiple penguins who did just the right thing at the right time. So that's that's movie magic Disney style making a documentary. But you can learn some neat stuff about these Adeli penguins and they're cute little guys. Well, but the overall, like, even well, though we... We'll review the movie here in a second, so... Well, we I was just going to say, say with the penguins is that even though they're filmed with multiple penguins, all the penguins would have done all of the things that you yeah. see in the video. But they might not have had such traumatic experiences as presented... Yeah, there's a you couple know. of highlights that are yeah. probably individual penguins. So, like March of the Penguins, you know, they they try to find the dramatic stuff, but you're getting an overall you know story of it, which I've heard that they're working on a second March of the Penguins. I have heard that. I don't know mm. if that's true, but that's someone told me that. Okay, well, so this was March of the Penguins too. <laughs> As they but, just march a little differently. Yeah, because they're shorter. Because an adult Adelie penguin is about 27 inches tall and weighs about about six to 13 pounds. So that's a little over two feet. So, yeah, at one point, like, you'll see where they're about the height. Actually, they're shorter than baby yeah. emperor penguins. Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. <clears throat> so they're very small little penguins. Let's jump in some facts. <laughs> um, well, and they eat krillfish and small squids, which you'll see in the uh, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, they live in large groups called colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, Adelis actually mate with one partner for life. That was cute. I'm glad yes. that's true. And so they will, you know, uh, divide... You know, and they find each other again when it comes time for a uh, meeting. And um, they have, they memorize their vocalizations and displays to be able to find each other. Yep. Uh, they can travel more than 3,000 miles during their winter migration before returning to their breeding colonies. So the breeding begins in late September and runs through December. Adelie penguins build nests out of rocks and pebbles to keep their eggs off the icy ground of Antarctica. More on that later when we actually start talking about the movie more. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and males, uh, begin the building of the nest, which helps them to attract a mate. And it's pretty competitive. And you do see in the, in the movie where the penguins will steal rocks from each other. And the females typically lay two eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they protect the eggs. Um, both male and female help to do that. There's some other predators like, uh, skua, yeah, skuas and uh, other predatory birds that do directly prey on the penguin chicks and eggs. Yeah, and you'll see some skuas in the movie. Mm-hmm. Adelie eggs hatch after about 30 days. Okay. Um, and males and females take turn foraging and protecting the cheeks, uh, chicks, excuse me. And feeding them. <laughs> and they, yes, and they feed them, and you'll get to see that in the video or the movie. Um, yeah. For four weeks after they hatch. Yes, for four weeks. So when Adelie penguins are a month old, they team up with other young penguins in groups called... Crashes? Crashes. Crashes for seven to eight weeks, trading their down feather coats for waterproof feathers during this time. Mm-hmm. And then once they get those waterproof feathers, they're ready to fledge and go into the water. And then leopard seals start targeting the fledgling penguins. But once the penguins reach the open sea, they can easily outswim the seals. But now, how all of this plays out is basically we, we get all this information, because pretty much what we just told you about penguins... They teach you that stuff, but they teach it through the eyes of a penguin they call Steve. 
which is somewhat voiced, but basically narrated by Ed Helms, that you might know him from The Office, uh, The Hangover, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. I'm in from The Office. I haven't Office. watched this yeah. other stuff. But Ed Helms, and I, I kind of, it took me all movie to figure out, because I knew I knew that voice, but I, I wasn't figuring out, you know, who he who, was. Who is that? You'll have to remind me. Ed Helms, uh, he, he came in like second or third season, and then he called like, you know, uh, Bernard was the Nard dog, you know, Andy Bernard, oh, you know. okay. He was Andy Bernard, yeah, kind of okay. annoying guy, but he was, he was good in this one to be, he sometimes voices as Steve and other times narrates. I love the way, though, they introduced Steve with uh, <laughs> Stir It Up by Patti LaBelle. Yeah, now we can't hear that song without thinking of penguins crossing the ice. Um, yes, a little. Well, because he's all on his own. It's a great way to introduce uh-huh. Steve because he's he's in story. He's running late for mating season, and it's his first year. And he's you know, and he's yeah. kind of hurrying along, and it's dun, 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 and he's running across the ice. Yeah, and he, they get a nice long shot, and he runs across there, and the penguins pops up one letter at a time as he walks by. Yeah, it's a very cute beginning, <laughs> and it really endears you to Steve like right at the beginning of because he's it, stripping. <laughs> Yeah, he's, well, he's, because penguins are not, they are not graceful on yeah. land they're, at all. They're aquatic bird, aquatic yeah, they, birds. Yeah, they, they got the weird. little waddle going, but it's, that, it's all endearing because he's just trying to hustle and hurry. And it was, again, this is reality. You know, like, not all the penguins get there early. And they did have a good point of, like, yeah. you know, the males that have been here done that quite a while. They're going to get there early and they're going to get, you know, set up. They're going to get their, all their rocks in place and mm-hmm. then they'll be hanging around and stealing rocks from others. Because yeah. it's still competitive with the males, and they show it. There's, there's some fighting going on with some of the males, mm-hmm. and they kind of make a little scene. I mean, if, if you're paying attention, you'll notice that the first nest they show Steve is building is kind of on a hillside, and then they show where Steve's supposed to be getting more rocks stolen away as more of a flatter area. So you can kind of catch them you know, trying to edit stuff together to, to make a story, but you can tell it's like, yeah, I know, we're looking at a different nest. But the point of is still carried out, and you still get a good story. But if you're like me, you don't notice that kind of stuff because you just enjoy the story. Yeah, and it's yeah, really go in and just watch the story. That's the thing. And the story is cute, but you're going to learn some things about penguins. But you probably won't mind you're learning about penguins because that's why you went to the movie. Plus, penguins. Yes, these are. Who these doesn't are like penguins? Very, very adorable little penguins. Yes, Adelie penguins, a little two foot tall. I don't know if I've ever seen one in live in person. We've seen a lot of penguins. Before. I feel like we've seen an Adelie penguin like Maybe at in a, St. Zoo, Louis. a zoo somewhere. Maybe St. Louis because they have um, a lot of penguins. Yeah, not here in Kansas City. We, yeah, we, we have don't. king penguins and Humboldt penguins. Humboldt, yeah, I think that's all we have. Uh, no, we've got one other one. Uh, we've got King Humboldt and Gen two. Gen two penguins. Gen yeah. two. Which yeah. speaking of other type of penguins, I, there was. It, it it just kind of happened when I was looking at the production notes that the camera guy just happened to catch it where he found a, one of these little Adelis walking past the Emperor Penguins, mm-hmm. which ended up being a nice nod to March of the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny because he's walking by these Emperor Penguins and the babies are a little bigger than he is and they start to slap around that penguin. And they yeah. used it. It's like, yeah, that seems like a good misfortune for poor Steve. It's a a good comparison because with March of the Penguins and a lot of the penguin movies, like, you know, people have a have a vision of what penguins are like. And with that one they kind of show that, oh no, there's there's some variety. There are some tiny penguins, there are some big penguins, and you know, they they do come across each other every once in a while. Yeah. And the I guess the Emperor Penguins come out during the winter and they don't build nests, they just hold the eggs and stuff on their feet. Mm-hmm. which we learned in March of the Penguins. And so it's neat to say, well, and here's the emperors kind of at the end of everything, and their babies are kind of big, and they're starting to lose their down. Mm-hmm. And here's the little Adelis who are just getting started in the spring. And so they got to mm-hmm. get up under the rocky parts of Antarctica before the ice starts melting off. Mm-hmm. you know, And then get back to the ocean before the ice starts to come back all the way because it'll make a longer trek for a little penguin to get across all that ice to get back to the ocean. 
Yeah. Well, and that was something else. Like when we mentioned that, you know, they they uh, are breeding September to December. You have to remember this is the South Pole. That would actually be their spring and summer. Yeah. It's it's daytime basically. Yes. It's their daytime. So it's it's warm. There's not ice. You can't think of it as like our winters. You know, yeah. Up here in the northern hemisphere. But we have kind of a cute story because they do mention the you know they in the film they even mention that the a penguin they'll they'll kind of mate for life but they'll separate when they're done breeding and they will call to each other because the males will be there instead of nest and they'll know each other's vocalizations and but he has to meet his female which uh, what was her name? Um, it started with an A. Oh uh, yeah, we forgot the name of his 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 bride, and then they was have Eileen. It was it sounded a lot like Adele, Adele but it yeah, was... it was it was similar. I you know I bet it's uh, in the notes. Uh, let me check. Well, I should have made a note of it. I don't see it in the notes, but he does meet a girl, and he's got to woo the girl, and they have some fun with like you know Steve's quote unquote ineptitude because they like to watch catch the penguins tripping and falling over or mm-hmm. having tr- tr- struggles and troubles, and so Steve is supposed to be you know. He's he's our little hero who he's got to overcome even his own ineptitude occasionally and and, and then he's got to overcome skuas uh, or was that the, the skuas skua? yeah skuas which are these nasty mean birds that come and steal eggs and attack the kids which the nice thing okay so Disney nature for the most part it's it's well overall it's not bloody mm-hmm. uh, you I, there are sometimes you're gonna see some leopard seals are going to get some babies. But they're very delicate about how they do this. You do see some skuas kind of attacking some kids. Steve comes up to the rescue of his own kids. Uh, so it's it's very light. This isn't going to be like National Geographic. You're not going to see, oh, no, horrible. Oh. You watch the baby penguins getting slaughtered. You, you know it's happening, but they don't show it to you. They kept it G-rated. And I, I appreciate that because yeah. there are a lot of documentaries out there that they focus on the predatory aspect. And it's all, you know, <clears throat> death and blood and, and, you know, you the ferocity of the predators. And that's not always necessary. I know I I mean I've seen plenty of documentaries of that, but I don't like to focus on that part. I want to see animals being animals. I don't yeah. necessarily want to see, you know, uh 15 minutes of a penguin, you know, getting disemboweled or something like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. and so I I kudos to Disney Nature for making it very tasteful cuz knowing that little kids are going to want to come and see this. Yeah. And I think get... they've done that with other films too cuz they want to they Yeah. They're trying to entertain you and inform you, and they want you to love the animals enough mm-hmm. to where when you go to the films early enough, money goes in support of animal funds and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they want you to appreciate the animal. So it's it's a survival story, and so mm-hmm. their struggle to make it a good you know good narrative, mm-hmm. but it's fun and light and humor. And it's, it's enough that you get the idea without it being gratuitous. Yeah. And um, you talked about the leopard seals. And I just, that was something that amazed. There's some amazing cinematography. They got some they really, really amazing shots where you can see the penguins are like perched on the edge of the, like the juveniles are perched on the edge of this little iceberg. And there's just this massive leopard seal head that just comes up. And like goes back down, like no easy meal here, and goes back down like that. They're like they're stalking. That's amazing. They have a and shot with the killer the whales. Orcas, yes, we're going through. Where and you, you see, see the fins come up in the ice. It. Whoever so shot that, like, I, if it was me, I would have been like, oh, this is like my my masterpiece, the best shot that I will ever get. I I'm so like happy with this because you would see the spray of the orcas, and then you'd see a fin that comes up. Like it's it's wonderful. And um, if you stick around for the um, the credits, which I suggest you do because they got a little bit of making of, you yeah. can actually see how close they got to these penguins. These penguins not having, you know, humans in their environment are just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, you can hang out 
I'm yeah, right next to my mind. egg, he's, and, and I'm not going to worry about it, you know? And even a penguin that got right up into the camera, and it's like, what's this thing? You yeah, know? there's a That's... few blooper reels that are adorable. So. And they even have some fun, like, uh, where where they have, quote-unquote, Steve walking by, and Ed Helms is narrating, and he's being Steve. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, guys, I, I thought it was pretty good to shot for today. Should we call it a night? You know, go back to the trailers, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. So it's definitely, stay, you don't have to stay till all the credits. I don't think there's anything at the very end, but there's enough stuff to, to watch during the credits that's really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There's even great use of a lot of 80s music. We got some REO Speedwagon when he's meeting his yeah. wife. You yeah. Know, uh, and then some other songs. I don't know if I recognized everything. Uh, but it's, it's just delightful. And if you're not used to going, to, I'm, we're not used to going to Disney Nature. But, I mean, we, we've watched documentary stuff because that's that's you. I watch it all the time. I yeah. watch documentary so, all the time. So if you're if you're not really used to watching this sort of thing, you can go to this. And I think you're going to have fun with it. You're yep. going to learn some things. Penguins are adorable little flightless birds. So mm-hmm. I, I know you love penguins. So you're going to have fun going to this. So I definitely recommend it. It may be a first for you, but Disney Nature is doing a really good job of doing stuff to just make sure that, hey, you love this animal and you know some things about that animal. And the more you know about them, so the more you will appreciate them and you want to make sure that they're going to be fine out there and we're not doing anything bad to them or yeah. stuff like that. So, yep, that's the point of it. So, yes, we give it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two fins up. Two, uh, two fins up. Or yeah, flippers. Or flippers. Fli- flippers up. Flippers. Two flippers up. Sure, a French flipper trick. Okay, that's, yeah. Oh. Different movie. So Avengers Endgame, uh, the grave course of events set in motion by Thanos that wiped out half the universe and fractured the Avengers' ranks, compels the remaining Avengers to take one final stand in Marvel Studios' grand conclusion to 22 films in Avengers Endgame. Go ahead. Okay, Kevin Feige produces Avengers Endgame, and Anthony and Joe Russo are the directors. Louis Despo- Bozito, uh Victoria Alonso, and Michael Grillo... 
uh, Trin Tran, John Favreau, and Favreau, James, Favreau, sorry, James Gunn and Stanley are the executive producers, and Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely wrote the screenplay. Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame is in theaters on April 26, 2019. And so, of course, we went to see it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the, the challenge of doing a review of this is we don't want to spoil it. Yeah. So I have come up with some descriptive ways to talk about some things. Okay. That could be concerns. Uh, the overall feeling, how I've explained this to people... If you were to sit for three hours in front of the TV and sit there and just eat some donuts or Twinkies or whatever, it has a fantastic cream filling, and you're going to have fun eating them. But after it's all over and you're done for three hours eating Twinkies, you might be a little unsatisfied and maybe not feel so good. I guess that's a nice way of saying yes. it. I wouldn't have been that nice, but that's okay. Okay. Well, that's the first thing you said after it's over. I'm a little unsatisfied. It is. But yet you enjoyed it while it was going. Well, yeah, while it was going and, like, they're trying to work out stuff, you're, like, there's there's some laughs. Like, yes. there's some light moments. Like, you you really are kept on the edge of your seat of, like, okay, are they going to make it? Are they going to do all of the things that they need to do to get everybody back? Um, but then at the very end when it's all over, I kind of felt like I sat there and I was kind of like, whoa, like, I... I'm just kind of unsatisfied. Yeah. And there's just something that's just kind of, which we can explain a little bit about, oh, I didn't, why did that? But mm-hmm. one of the things that you have to, and we, we discussed this while watching the credits, waiting mm-hmm. for an ending scene that did not happen. So don't sit through the credits unless you just want to. Yeah, don't waste your time. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah, people don't understand time. It's not what you think it is. Then what is it? Complicated. Tell me. Very complicated. I'm clever and I'm listening and don't patronize me because people have died and I'm not happy. Tell me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, I've seen this bit before. You said that sentence got away from you. It got away from me, yeah. Yes. They say, actually in the film, well this, you know, this is not Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, uh, Doctor Who kind of explains that the time being in a non-linear type of thing he talks about Doctor Who will talk about fixed points things that are just going to have happened and you cannot alter them mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe in the comics works a lot of the same way they like to go back and have they have some weird time tra- travel stuff that happens but generally what happens if you time travel no matter what you do you probably created an alternate universe is what you did yeah. And they kind of come up with some quantum examples in the quantum space and that kind of thing. When basically quantum theory where basically you can have a multiverse and stuff. And like just because you did something in the past doesn't mean that that didn't still happen in the future. But let me ask some questions. If you went back in time and you killed your younger self, what's going to happen? Logically, if you went back in time and killed your younger self, you, you would expect yourself to disappear. Yeah. But then... You're, in order for the you to disappear, though, yourself that you went back in time, your the future version of you still has to be there to kill your old self. So it still has to have happened. That's basically what you're going to have to wrap your mind around. Well, yeah, and they spend a lot of time in the movie of, like, this is not Back to the Future. Yeah, and, well, I mentioned that. There's not a lot of, there's a little bit of, like, this is what it's like. 
But even then, you do have a hard time like wrapping your mind around it. Yes. Uh, but I don't want to get too far into that because yeah. it, it, it leads too much. But the other question on that, what if you're, and this is, yeah, okay, well, I won't, but okay, yeah. So the question is just, if your younger self came from a modern time and killed you, because we have, yeah, it's, it's a complicated, because there's some stuff that happens mm-hmm. where somebody does kill their younger version of themselves. And they don't disappear. But it's like that question of, well, you have to exist now here, even though you're, and your younger version is dead, but your older version has to exist to kill your younger version. Mm-hmm. Even though your, your older version shouldn't exist anymore because you're dead, but it has to exist because then you can't. So you got this loop. Because that happens, and then it does raise some serious questions about Thanos' existence yeah. in this movie. Because, wait a minute, if that happened, none of this should have happened anymore. But I can't say any more than that. I think There's, you've given a quite a bit away there. Just I, but I'm not giving it away. Uh, but there is some questionable, like what and how, how I how I like in this is. Did, did y'all see the SpongeBob SquarePants episode where he got a hold of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boys? You know stuff. He got Mermaid Man's shrink ray on the belt. No. He figured out how to shrink stuff, and he was having fun with it. But then he loses control of it, and he doesn't know how to unshrink stuff. His solution in the end is to just shrink everything. Now. Everybody's just going to go along with, okay, well, I guess we're here all here. Not really thinking, well, in the greater world that you're in, you're actually now shrunk down, and you don't see that there's a problem until Plankton comes walking up like, what happened to Bikini Bottom? It's my size. Mm-hmm. You know, there seems to be that sort of thing with how, oh, well, we we solved the problem, but I feel like they made it more problems when the way they solved the problems. But I can't get into that yeah, because okay. I would spoil something. We might go into a spoiler section after we're done. Just to, just to relieve ourselves yeah, because of all of the questions. And part of my part got. of being unsatisfied is they set up more questions. Yeah. Now, also, we got to talk about if they're tossing things into Captain Marvel's hands. Ignore the cat in the background. You need to be quiet. We're not paying attention to you right now. We're talking to them, not you. Kitty, Kitty's been fed, but Kitty's going to be problems, you know. But so. Captain Marvel is who they say they're tossing the Marvel Cinematic Universe into her hands. She's going to be like the next generation of stuff. Here's the problem. She's not endearing. The I, I think I figured this out. They want her to be Superman. Now, here's the thing with Superman. Superman, at heart, is a farm boy from Kansas. And he has this thing called compassion for the entire flipping planet. And even some other galaxy stuff, because he he does some stuff outside well, that, too. Well, it's not hidden, either. It's very he's, obvious. I've got comics where he's go through, and he's dealing with a new villain. He says, like, there's, there's, he'll tell us that there's time for you to turn this around. You're making a mess. And believe me, I can put an end to it real quick. But I'm going to give you the chance to say, maybe somebody's just pointed you in the wrong direction, and maybe you can fix this. That's Superman. He knows how powerful he is. He doesn't have to act like he's that powerful. He's humble. He's got enough humility and humbleness and compassion where we like him as a person. Captain Marvel in this movie, and still part of the problem of her in her movie, she is, I'm better than all of you. And in one bit of conversation, I don't know to blame the script writers. Do I want to blame the directors? Or do I want to blame Brie Larson, the way she played this scene? It comes about of the question, well, where were you? You could have helped. And instead of, and she does say some to the extent, well, not every planet has the Avengers, but the way she delivers it is, well, not every planet has Avengers. 
somebody has to go, and I'm going to go, I protect this entire universe. Like, I'm so much better than all of you. Now, if this would have been delivered like, you know, Earth has you guys, and that's awesome. I'm worried there's a lot of other planets that you guys aren't on, and somebody needs to do something, and I'm trying to help them the best I can. If she just said something like that, I'd have been like, I like you. But the way she says it is, I'm better than you because I'm protecting the whole universe, and you guys are just protecting this little planet, and I don't care about this planet. That's how that came across. So I don't like this character. So when she comes back, I'm like, please don't let her be the end-all be-all. Which, thankfully, she's not, if you're concerned about that. Uh, she does do some pretty cool stuff that we expect. Like, okay, cool, let her do some cool stuff. But I'm like, I'm still not fully behind her the way I should be because she has not endeared herself as a character. And a big mistake was not leaving her to make friends with some of the Avengers. We could have seen more of that personality growing of her becoming a bit more human that we saw in the Captain Marvel movie. She's not in there. Most people know this now. Okay. It's already been out. She's in there for like 15 minutes because people have been fussing about she's making a big deal, but she's in there 15 minutes, and there's even some interview with her and Jeremy Renner that people are bringing up, you know. But they maybe if she had been around and forged more friendships with the Avengers and have been around, we would care. Right now, I don't care, and she's a little annoying because she's kind of full of herself. Pretty much anything you want to add to that? Well, I mean, that pretty much covered all my thoughts is that, you know, when there's a moment when they talk about, hey, we do this as a team, which, you know, like we talked about, you know, after yeah. the movie that we really appreciated. Yeah, they tried to um, teach her that, but she didn't get to stick around and learn the lesson so much. She well, just... yeah, there, there, there just wasn't a lot. And once again, like you said, I don't know whether it's just the way they wrote her or whether she played it or whatever. There just seems to be very little. And maybe it's just because she's not in there for a very long amount yeah. of time. You just don't buy into her being part of the team, you know, and yes, yeah. she does help and she helps in really amazing ways that nobody else could have, you know, which is. Well, the, no, others the, could have done what she did. Really. Well, but they're trying the time, to set her apart in a way that lies if she's Superman. At the time that, the, you know, in the point at, mm -hmm. at the film when it when she comes especially, you know, towards the end, at that point, everybody's got their hands full. The only one that can really do it is yeah. her. Um, so, I mean, like, she does some good things and she contributes, which, like, we're all really appreciative with. But, um, no, it's, it's like you said, she's very cold. Like, yeah. she doesn't come off as a, a, a warm person. And maybe that's, they're trying to make her play up to, you know, she's been in the military. She's had this, you know, in more than one place. That was supposed to be an issue she worked out in her movie, though, wasn't well, it? Yes. That was part, wasn't that part of their story? Because she's supposed to, you know, starting mm -hmm. embracing humanity. And that's part of like, oh, okay, cool. But now it's like, all oh, that's gone. Well, and she, she doesn't have the humanity. She didn't seem to give a care about what's happening on Earth. At all. Well, and, and she there was only like one brief moment when she was concerned with Nick Fury. You know, we didn't really get much from her as far as like, oh, like he was affected too. Because really, that's She didn't even talk to of, Nick Fury. That's, yeah. She I didn't mean, even like, acknowledge she was there, really. So it was, it was yeah, it was just really kind of hard to buy into her yeah. being... Involved um, and really caring about yeah. any of this. She just seemed to like want to trash stuff. Like, oh, I want to trash this Thanos guy. And yeah. she doesn't even know who Thanos is. Well, you do get a little <laughs> bit between like uh, her and another character that kind of was a little bit surprising. Like, oh, that's nice. Like you actually smiled at this character. Yeah. And, like was was nice and helpful. And so that was those moments like that were very nice. Yeah, but I they there need to do. Many, they need to make us like her, mm -hmm. and they're not doing it. She needs to be likable. 
And I mean, I can understand, you know, they they want to be, you know, strong women and the like, but strong women can be nice too. Yes. Which, and we've seen compassionate when, but, but here's the thing. When Nebula comes across as more compassionate than your hero type. Yeah. There's a problem. And Nebula, it really endeared herself to us. We like Nebula a lot more. You see a lot of growth from Nebula. Oh my gosh. Place. We love Nebula now. Really in like, what was it? The and, first, and first we, like 10 minutes of the film, like you end up liking oh, yes. Nebula more than you probably have in maybe any of the other movies, you know, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Because Nebula gained friends, and and mm-hmm. and she's now she's kind of got her sister, although she's kind of lost her sister in that in the previous film. But that unlocking that she had with Gamora, it's like I just wanted a sister. And when they start to build a sisterhood, and we do get to see some moments of sisterhood, you knew Gamora was coming back, right? You, Spoilers. You yeah, you knew she was going to be back. I think at this point we all hoped that they all yeah. would come we back. We won't say how we get a Gamora, but but Gamora is also one of those characters we've seen that, yes, yeah, she's this you know merciless assassin, great skilled, but we've always seen her having some compassion. She cared about stuff. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, it's like we started to see her in her movie. Oh, well, you kind of care about stuff. Well, maybe you care about your friend, and I guess you cared about some scrolls, but it didn't feel like she cared about anything else. And we need her to be friends with the Avengers and and, and care what happens to them and, and not be like, well, I'm better than you because I'm protecting all this with these other planets. Okay, and I think we probably ought to move, on, move yeah. on from this. There's lots now, more to talk about. There's though. much more to talk about. Okay, coming to the end of the show, I'm going to uh, let's wrap this up. If you have not seen the movie, consider this whole thing wrapped up. I want to talk about what we did like about the movie, but in order to get into that, we're going to have to get into a spoiler review. So I'm saying it for the last time. If you have not seen the movie, We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Consider the sounder having played right now that you normally hear at the end of the show, which you've probably memorized. If you have seen the movie, stick around. So I'm going to give you five seconds before we get into spoiler. Spoilers! Yes. Holy crap, Captain America got to yield Mjolnir. That was awesome. That prob- there's a whole that lot of awesome. That probably was the highlight of the awesomeness in the movie. I think probably that was that one of was... well. That I still love Big Lebowski Thor. I you know it was okay. funny. This movie was uh... really funny, and Thor still brought the thunder. You know later when it was time. It, it was a different. It, it was nice to see different versions of characters and how they reacted to everything having gone bad for them five years. Because this is five years later. I mean, gosh. Okay, I will say that I did appreciate them keeping the Thor that we got in Ragnarok. Yeah, like that. That kind of. But I'm sorry. I Thor is one of my favorite characters, and I was very disappointed with beer swilling, and I don't care. <laughs> well, he is a beer. Like, he's always been beer swilling alcohol Thor. That's but Asgard. That They're Vikings. Point, you know. But having a beer gut was, but that kind of, it was kind of funny though. And I'm sure by the next time we see him, because I'm pretty sure Thor is part of the Guardians of the Galaxy next movie. We're going to see him be all Thor again. Well. I'm sure of it. You know, it's just, you know. I mean, he was Thor at the end and and we actually in the movie theater, like when he, he became, was like enough with this, you know, pity party crap. Like it's time to go. Blam. Yeah. You know, like we had a response in the theater of just like, ah, you know, because You know, it was more than just me that was like, come on, we got to have a real Thor, not like pity party Thor. Yeah. Although I was expecting him to save his mother. Because that's there are some things within the overall thing that I can talk spoiler that I'm like, eh, Valkyrie, I like Valkyrie, but she's not 
you know, we I guess she's grown as a person in five years to take care of the Asgardians to where he's going to bequeath her to be queen. You have to heavily look into the, like, read between the lines. Yeah, that she must have been. To, but I would have been happier that. if his mother was back and she's going to take care of the Asgardians and rule over the Asgardians. Well, I thought he could have saved her, but then that's timey-wimey-wibbly-wobbly. If he went back and saved her, it would have really have worked. But in that movie, though, it's it's her mother's death that really triggers Loki to think again. If she had been yeah. saved, then Loki would not have the change that he had in that movie. Well, but yeah, Loki's always kind of been a back and forth. But yeah, maybe that was important that for was Loki. The, that was the total impetus that Although, broke him down. the Loki we have running around has not had that happen, and he's got an Infinity Stone. I'm waiting for them to play with that. Well, see, and that was something That else. might be the Loki TV another, series. Another one of my favorite characters that was MIA, except for a couple of moments, was Loki. I like seeing Loki. I like Loki with Thor, like, I and the like, and just, to, I wanted him back. Well, we have a Loki back, because Loki got away with an Infinity Stone, and that's what I'm thinking uh, that Loki series is going to be. There, we, get a, we get a different Loki. So, like, the Gamora we have is not the Gamora we had. We have a new Gamora. Which that kind of bothers me, too. Yeah, like, we I have just... to start back from square one. But we know that the Gamora that we are familiar with is in there because she still has compassion. She's a little cold, but she still cares about stuff. So we just have to have her time to kind of get reintegrated with the other Guardians. And we'll see her become the Gamora we're used to. But I just am afraid, like, all that, the whole journey that she had with them that brought her to the place. She'll have a new journey. Especially with the romance with Quill. Like, I feel like that's destroyed. And that bothers me because, that, once again, that was something that I liked. Like, here's Quill and Gamora. Like, oh, that unspoken thing. You know, I like that. Well, now it's really unspoken. But... I'm, they'll they'll find different ways to do it. I mean, this is this is going to be kind of fun. I, I'm I'm waiting to see how that plays out. Uh, but while, oh, what was it? there was another thing? Oh, that's now we can talk in the spoilers when we're talking about Nebula. Nebula killed her younger self and doesn't vanish, so that's going to be weird. Oh, but also had Thanos the, died. Yeah, too. that's the thing. It's like okay, Thanos. We watch him die twice, but his younger self died before he got a chance to do any of the other stuff. So none of the other stuff really should happen. But that's that timey wimey wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly. Well, and the only explanation that we really get is uh, of that point. And we do have um, the, what do we call her? The master. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we get Pro- the uh, uh, the ancient one. Ancient one. The ancient, so the ancient one. She has probably one of the best explanations, but it doesn't totally satisfy everything that's going on. Like you take the dime gems out or whatever. And that case was a time gem. You take it out and you're going to make a different path. But that doesn't fix some of the other things. So when they're talking about when all the you know people were talking about we can do this quantum physics blah 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 and it's not um, you know uh, back to the future, they do have one moment that they were saying well it's it's not like that because you you would have even if you go back to your past it's still your future self that's happening like in the past like there's something about that. Yeah. And, yeah, they do the weird, they, that weird sense that you're trying to wrap your head around. Like, well, your your future self is your past self because your past self is your future self. You know. When, yeah, and that doesn't. And it's like I was saying earlier with the go back and you've killed your. If but you're, it if doesn't you're, satisfy. If you went back and killed either. your younger self. Yeah. It doesn't satisfy either, and you know, I mean, I'm not a quantum physics physics, and I, I mean, my the physics that I liked in school was when we were rolling carts down the hallway. I mean, like <laughs> that. I like the applied stuff, so the quantum physics is above my pay grade. But even then, like, the little bit that I know, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe we need yeah. a f- physics... Not to mention quantum physics is completely theoretical. 
Well, and Completely that's probably theoretical. that's probably why they threw that in there was so they don't ca- get caught on the rug for violating something scientific. Uh, well, they're not really. Well, there's a whole other reason there that a lot of things are starting to push more in the quantum physics and theoretical stuff. But that's a that's another issue for oh, okay. you and well. I can talk about later. Uh, there, I've, but there is something behind all that. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of all the wiggly, waggly, timey wimey. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, I can in Doctor Who you can kind of go with it. This time, it's a little bit like uh, okay. Yeah. And the the big problem that I have with an overall thing is all right. Five years later, we see Ant Man. He comes out. He's lost five years of his life, and he's completely. They're like lost he's for a while. Out. Like he really is freaked out. Everybody who just they brought back because you know, and I understand Tony wanting to not lose his daughter and family, but you know he can start again and still have little Morgan. Everything's still probably going to work out if he'd have went back. You know, he's still going to marry Pepper. Still going to have a little girl. That wasn't going to have changed. But he wanted to bring everybody just back. But well, now you've brought half of the population of the universe back five years later, and they're going to be completely disoriented. Not you know because like you know they show Peter Parker going back to school. He's got to have people he knew that have graduated, like, you know, however many at least a year ago, if they were in his same grade. You've completely thrown off everything, and this is why I was talking about the SpongeBob. Let's shrink our bikini bottom down, and, well, they just fixed everything. Mm-hmm. No, you, the whole rest of the world is all messed up. You're, you're odd in the rest of the world. So you've been brought back. It's five years later. You haven't aged anywhere, but everybody you know, your family, if your family didn't go dust, they're five years older. Your whole life is jacked up. I would have been more satisfied if there was a way. And I mean, let's face it. This is this is fiction. Yeah. There is a way that they could have done it to where we're just going to go back and erase. Fix it. Erase all of this. The only people that know that anything happened is those of us who were, you know, in, engaged in it or something. Because that but happens that, all the, the time. That, that version of yourself would kind of vanish away to yes. a, a, a version of self where everything, where they won. Because of something was changed. Where maybe Thor knew better to go, not for the head. Which, I'm glad he learned, instead of go for the head, go for the arm. Yeah. (laughs) Go for the arm. And I'm glad Thor learned that one. Because that's something even how it should have ended. It's like, uh, oh, you should have gone for the head. Then he looks over and realizes he doesn't have the arm anymore. But yeah, so that's what Thor should have done. Don't go for the head. Go for the arm. Chop that arm off. Oh, no more glove for you. Yeah. Fixed. So, so yeah. it could have been, they could have, with the time travel thing, they could have gone back and stopped any of it from happening. I mean, just the bottom line, if you're, if you're like me and had favorite characters that were not like um, <sighs> Iron Man and Captain America and Thor, you know... You're gonna you're gonna love this movie if that's if that's your favorites. But if you're like me and you have other favorites that are not like the big ones, you're gonna be disappointed. I felt like I was disappointed. Well, even if some of their big characters, because I I I didn't like that Iron Man had to die. He went out know, very cool, but I I didn't like his no, ending. I didn't, I didn't like that like he had that to die. Either. Captain America had, was the only one who had a good. Well, Ant Man has a good ending, but he's not done yet. But Captain America is done. But they gave yeah. him a great way to end it. That he got to go back yes. and have his dance. I was so happy for that, and then pass the shield on to Falcon. Yeah, that was fine. I, I like that. That was fine that's with that. The, that's the only one of like the major characters that are leaving that had a good way because they killed off Black Widow even. Yeah. Which, why, why, okay, if to get the Soul Gem, you have to have lost something important you loved. Why didn't Hawkeye just put his hand out and say, I've lost my entire family. Hand it over. Well, both of them have lost. I mean, Black Widow has, has not had anything. We, we used to have, there's several minutes at the beginning of the movie that talk about how this whole situation, she's lost everything. She never had anything to begin with. And now that this has happened, she's lost what little that she had. You know, 
and then Hawkeye lost all of his family. So lost once you got family. And you a very, got two very people standing there that have lost, and yet they're going to ask for a soul. And once yeah. again, this is fiction. There could have been a loophole. There could have been some some way that like this could have this could have been. I mean, it, yeah. Anyway, could have fixed. It could have done it a different way. And although I must say I do like Bruce Banner Hulk. Now he's kind of I one do. and the same. That's fun having an intelligent Hulk. And I love the fact that the, when Cap tells him, you know, when they go back in time to the first Avengers movie or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you go ahead and so they know what you go smash a few things. And he's like, R rar smash. Oh, and I love how he's like, I think this is personally gratuitous. Like, I think this is gratuitous. And like, tears yeah. his shirt off just like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to. <laughs> yes, that was funny. I, okay, so that is one yes. character that I... So it's a I... fun, it is eating Twinkies and there's a lot of good cream filling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you know, as much as we have to say uh, we, that we didn't like about the movie, had a good time. It was a lot of fun. So I mean, like, while you're, while you're in there, you're going to have fun, but then at the end, depending on which characters you're rooting for, you may or may not. You might be a little disappointed yeah. on how they ended some characters. It was a little like the 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 seventh Harry Potter book that it was well this was entertaining but wow this was this long drug out camping trip and then we lost some characters we loved and it's like oh man yeah and yeah because Captain uh, America's not coming back but at least he went out great Iron Man went out very heroically but I'm like I'm sad he doesn't get to watch his little girl grow up but I still say okay as soon as he the life he wanted as soon as he puts the glove on it starts damaging him so we stand around where we're like, oh, poor Tony, take the damn glove off. But the damage was done not so much wearing it, but the snap he did to fix everything. Uh. That's when he got burnt on the side of his body. That's where he was hurt to where he's dying is being burnt up on half of his body. But we still see that it's, so. it's sucking from him even if he hasn't used it. Take it off. Yeah, well, that's still not going to have helped. Anyway. He's still dying even, you know. Anyway, I I had to go home and I had to watch like... My some of my favorite movies, like I watched Guardians of the Galaxy two, and I may hit Ragnarok just to make myself feel better. Yeah, that would be fun. So, but but overall, you know, definitely go see it, and it's definitely entertaining. But you might be, you know, not not as thrilled with the way it ends as you would wanted to be. I wanted the big Return of the Jedi ending, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. That's the ending I thought to wrap up ten years. I wanted Return of the Jedi. I wanted the Ewoks to come out. Yeah, yeah, yugnug, whatever. Yeah. I didn't get that. I got, oh, well, Tony's dead. Black Widow's dead. And why did nobody, there no funeral for nothing for, for Black Widow? Nothing. Nope, we got nothing. nothing. Oh, well, she's dead. Well, what the crap? And see, I feel like through all the Avenger movies, uh, she has been crapped on. Pardon my language, but she has been. Like, there has not been a real big uh, big buildup for, uh But we you still know, love for, her. I know, I know, but it's like, she's like, you know, if, if feminist wants to get upset about women characters or whatever, there's a strong woman character that nobody has gotten behind, it seems like. Oh, but, but the fans were all behind her. We're excited they're finally going to give us a Black Widow movie. So well, we're hey, going to see the character good. again. I, I mean, I'm glad for that. But, but it's I, gonna, just, I guess it's going to be a younger version. We're going to get to see some of her past, which is fun. This mm-hmm. could be like a spy thriller series. So yeah. I'm pretty excited for what they could be. I'm just what I'm so, saying, like, since she's been with the Avengers, I feel like they've kind of second-stringed her. They could have done more. And she could have had a more. Russian accent for at least, for crying out loud. I know, that's your pet peeve That's the thing. That. It's a, I know, I was like, she's supposed to be Russian, for crying out loud. Because maybe Scarlett Johansson, didn't, they didn't think she sounded right speaking around a Russian accent. I don't know. Because that's what Kevin Costner, with his English accent on Robin Hood, they said it, he didn't sound right. Oh, so well. they just said, forget it, don't do the English accent. I know it's going to be weird, but that might have been the part of the case and everything. But we'll, we'll get a chance to see her again as Black Widow and stuff like that. Um, but overall, I still liked the movie. There's just it, I, It's just a little unsatisfactory 
for the big wrap up of all this. And I we gotta acknowledge the pandering that happened. One scene, then you even mentioned how is it they all just happened to be there at the same spot, so you could have your big Avengers shot was okay. Here's all of our women. Like, oh well, that was kind of cool, but I boy did it feel like we're pandering. So okay, so here as a woman, okay, um, I if if that shot had happened and there was like you know three women, three you know female heroes that happened to be there to help Peter Parker. Cool, I could have bought it. But every well, actually, they single... were helping Captain Marvel. Oh, Captain Marvel. Oh, whatever. Because she so, was going to carry the gauntlet because Peter had, you know, had enough. <laughs> every single, every single female character in all the battle and all the chaos happened to be going together. Like, Just happened right to there, show like, up, right? It's like yeah. I was telling Jeremy, I said, are they going to the bathroom? I mean, people joke She about, said that, not me, so I don't want to hear complaint letters, ladies. People joke about, oh, girls all go to the bathroom in hordes. That's what it felt like for me, sitting here watching this. It was so unbelievable, because these female characters, they're not standing around waiting to pose. Like, they have spent a lot of time and a lot of effort showing these women as they are women of action. They are going to go and they're going to fight. They're going to be involved in the fray among the men, not standing around and waiting for a hero pose. Yeah. So, it was so that pandering. felt so contrived to me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, like I said, I wouldn't mind if it was a few of them that happened to be fighting together and, oh, hey, let's just, and, you know, they're right there in the vicinity, come in and help. But every single one of them, give me a break. Yeah. Or at least even even mixing in some males wouldn't have been bad to just, exactly. just, just to come to Captain Marvel and be like, hey, girl, we got your back. You know, yes. something like that would have still been cool. Like, hey, you go, you know, we're a team. You are part of this team. We're going to yes. work together. So don't I, worry. We're, we're, was, we're behind you. you as know? I was sitting That'd and watching great. that scene, I seriously was like, okay, so there's got to be a male character somewhere around to be like, yes, we're going to, we're going to, you know, make sure that this gets where it We're part of go. this team. We're going to help you too. You know, we're back. You know? But that's, people are offended now if a male helps a female. Well, you know what? No, guys. For this female, you may help me. If I need help, yeah. absolutely. Sort of like now that you're offended if we say, hey, smile. When you say, you know, just smile. Can you smile? That's offensive now. Well, it depends on how you say it. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, I, I don't mean, know, if but... you come up to me and are like, hey, baby, give me a smile, I'm going to be like, Well, yeah, no, if you creep. said it that way. But if you're just like, well, hey, you look sad. Can you kind of smile? You know, if you said that, that's still apparently offensive, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Whatever. A whole other issue I want to get into. But here's here's another issue I had with it. Now, people know that I've had issues with their their version of Spider-Man. One of Spider-Man's key responsibilities to himself is that he doesn't let people see his face because he's protecting those he cares about. Hmm. He granted, I guess you wanted to see him emote. He's he keep he's constantly taking that mask off. Yeah, constantly. And what does he do when he first meets Captain Marvel? He's maskless. Oh, hi, I'm Peter Parker. Yeah. The crap! You don't know her from Adam. Hmm. I, that bothered me because that's that's totally against his personality. Not to mention, I, and it's granted, it's a joke they built up from Homecoming, where there's a kill switch in there. That in Homecoming, he's like, no, no, never, never kill switch, never, never instant kill. Well, I, I thought that was hilarious, though. Now, funny is having all those arms because it's the Iron Spider suit. We wanted the extra arms to come out and do stuff, but to have that be the command where he says, tells the suit, kill. Mm. Peter Parker never kills. Oh, okay. That's as that. bad as Superman breaking Zod's net to me. Okay. He does not kill like that. So to him say, insta-kill, so the arms come out to start killing everything around him, that's not Spider-Man. No. Oh. So, yes, I'm a little upset about that. 
I'm sorry, dear. It wasn't funny. It was out of character. Now, funny would have been in like, oh my gosh, do something. Like, talking to the suit, do something. And the suit pew, does it on, on its own. Okay. But him giving the order to the suit to kill is completely out of character. Okay. I gotcha. So, not for the sake of a joke. Not for me. Okay. Anything else we want to complain or praise about the movie? Other than it was funny as heck and I did have a good time. I mean, overall, yeah, I did still like the movie, but there's just a lot of problems. I really like the conversation. I don't know, Hulk, I felt like anytime he showed up, he kind of stole the, stole the show. <laughs> I love he was, like, taking Hulk. selfies with people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although that kind of got awkward. I'm that was, sorry. It was, that's that what was made awkward. it funny. It was, it was awkward and cool. <laughs> I don't like awkward funny. You know I don't I like know, awkward funny. I know you don't do well, funny. but um, I, I just love Hulk liked, in this one. I liked the discussion with the, um, and I keep forgetting her name. Uh, the Swinton's, Ancient One? The Ancient yes. One. Um, the ancient one She's and Hulk so great. having that conversation. I love Tilda Swinton. Like, I mean, her being the ancient one has been so great. I know people have had issues with it, but just her herself, she just has an ethereal She's so look great at it. about herself and the delivery and everything. Like, I really liked that scene. That was a good scene. And especially I love the fact that she wants to talk to Bruce Banner, not this big Hulk. So she poop pops him out of his body yes. so she can talk to him straight. <laughs> I love it. She just beat the Hulk with one punch. Yeah. Just let me knock you out of this well, body it, for a second. Shows Hulk is, is like, you know, vulnerable to magic. Yep. There, there you go. So That was just so cool. And Bruce is like, what just happened? Yeah. So so I, I like that. Was, that was yeah, a that really was great really scene. Cool. I like that scene. I like the scene where Tony gets to talk with his father. Oh, that was, that was a really that wonderful was so good. scene. I like that so scene. So good. I didn't realize that was because they were wrapping up Tony's story so much that they're like, oh, let him make amends with his father. And Well, I, I, I and I like that he was able to give like advice to his father, like yeah, oh, having yes. been a father and learned and a lot of stuff. Learned how and, his father really did love him and was mm -hmm. so proud of him, even mm -hmm. though he was meeting his father before he's born. Yeah. But I, I like him getting perspective and where that changes him to where he's, he's always had problems. He doesn't really like to touch people. He's not a hugger. Yeah. But then as, as we see that change when he sees Peter Parker come back. It's that almost almost like a fatherly figure he was trying yes. to be to him comes yeah. out and he grabs Peter and hugs him and Peter's just well this is nice yes I like that that was nice I like I that like it's that. like we finally get Tony you know having mm -hmm. a great big character change and some of that hasn't been going I mean he's mm -hmm. he just doted on his little girl that yes. was so I, I love little that Morgan was, she was yeah. adorable yeah. I love her three thousand. Yes. Well, any scene that she was in, like with, with uh, Tony, was a really good, was oh. a really good scene. And just... Which has also made it worse when he dies. So like, yeah, taken away from a four-year-old little girl. You know. Well, yeah. You had like, okay, so someone did have a, have a good ending out of yeah. the last movie that was so like, you know, disastrous to all of us. You know, who had you know that that whose heroes disappeared and everything like that and they were okay and then you ruined like the one happy ending that we yeah. could feel good about from yeah. the first movie and just anyway but well, they, we could have had again. more <laughs> we could have had more happy endings to, to, if they found a way for tony to not have to die yeah then hey he's got a good happy ending somehow mm -hmm. and then for to maybe you know count the loss of his family so where hawkeye can get that soul gem and not have yep. to have black widow die would have mm -hmm. solved. I, I think I would have felt satisfied. Yeah, I wouldn't have so many problems. So yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I have not recorded news for this episode, so you're probably not going to have heard it because I see how far we've gone with this. And if you've stuck around with us through the spoiler half, this is a good sized show. So. Yeah. 
we we just had a lot to talk about and think about when with yeah. this movie because it is. I have a feeling we'll, there'll be a lot of debate and discussion yeah. online through other people reviewing and, so, and, and commentating. You know, Eric officially the, says he loved it. He did. I don't know if he had anything that bugged okay. him about it, but he loved it, and we liked it. Eh. You know, and I do recommend you go see it. Eh. I don't know if I can say I like it. It's probably too soon. Oh yeah. But there's there's a lot to like about this movie. Yeah. It's just the ending. We're a little oh, that's a little bit of a letdown. You it's know. like I said. I don't know. I have not seen uh, the first, uh, the first one, uh, the uh, the one that came before this. Yeah, Infinity came... War. You haven't watched it I, since. Nope, I haven't watched it since, and I honestly will probably not watch this again. Hmm. I'll buy it. I'll be watching it again yeah. probably. So, I don't know that I'm interested in any other Marvel movies so much though now. I feel like I've wrapped up, you know, I want to watch the series because, what? oh, here's another thing I had a problem with. Can we have Vision back now? Yeah. I mean, seriously, we had time between bringing everybody character. back that the Wakandans could have went and gotten him and finished the job of bringing him back without the Mind Stone. And we can have Vision back. And I know they're going to because there's a series called WandaVision coming for Disney+, Plus, which to me says, oh, it's Wanda and Vision. We get a series with both of them. I just wanted Vision to show up in there. Well, weren't they all dusted? Well, Vision didn't get dusted. He can't. He's 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 art. He's but still I meant artificial. But the people that could have fixed him. Yeah, but they got undusted before the final battle. There was some time to finish the job. Okay. I you know they could have found a way to have Vision come back. I was a little disappointed in no Vision. Well, I think we're in agreement that they could have, they could have figured some way out in order to, uh, to just fix everything. Once yeah. Again, this is fiction. Yeah. There, there's ways that you can do it. And this is why you read manga and not Marvel comics because I don't manga like you get book. one solid story, but if somebody else yep. comes and messes with a Marvel character, and they even bug me when they start messing with characters. You know, so. Yep. Yep, that happens. Okay, but let's go ahead and uh, now the spoiler half is done, and we'll just wrap this episode up. Meow to you, too. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we 